0: Alright, just want to give a disclaimer The next episode you're going to hear On these um, On these Two people I did not know the whole story When I said it So you're going to keep hearing me say in the beginning uh, Missing or disappeared Disappeared But obviously there's More to that It was the first time hearing the story So I don't mean any disrespect To anybody in the family Or to the victims with that being said let's go ahead with the podcast you're listening to conspiracy fears and mystery due to the graphic nature of this content listener discretion is advised C F M brothers and sisters how's everybody doing this week or this weekend or today or every day how's everybody doing hope everybody's feeling great amidst this ongoing corona thing but we're not talking about that I don't even I'm not even interested in in even thinking about that right now but anyway today I was gonna I was gonna do An episode on. uh, Sorry, I'm turning up the volume here. I was gonna do an episode on um, different things that I had. I had it written down. I was gonna talk about. And I was just writing down new episode ideas today while I was at work when I should have been working. And I wrote. You know, I was gonna talk about the Anunnaki today, and that's something conspiracy related, or yeah, whatever you want to call it. One of the things that I've read about a lot and and have always intrigued me. The ancients, Sumerians and all stuff like that. But I'm going to do... I decided to talk about a true crime uh, story. Two of them that go kind of hand in hand. Because I was listening to a podcast today that I downloaded because I have no signal where they put me to work at my job. I I have no signal at all so I'm, I'm hurting. I have my headphones, so I downloaded, I have to start actually downloading podcasts, and I stumbled upon Crime Junkie, and these two ladies, I think they're from Indiana, I don't know if they live there, but they were talking about uh, this one particular episode, it's a very good podcast, by the way, uh, Crime Junkie, and they were talking about uh, Nasia, Naja, I don't want to mess up her name, Nasia Farrell, and Angie Barlow. And there's really, and it's, it's, this is why I wanted to talk about it because um, I was thinking the other day, why do people do true crime podcasts, YouTube videos and things like that, aside from the news and stuff. And this is a perfect example of one of the, I think one of the main reasons a lot of people do it is because podcasting and YouTube and, you know, videos has become the norm now right so it's a way for people to get their voice out there and their opinions and their products or whatever they're trying to put out uh and when it comes to true crime or solving crimes or anything like that this is a great way to get it out in this case in the, the case of these two ladies and i'm not going to get in depth of the case i'm gonna kind of summarize i must what i can get because i couldn't find a lot I couldn't find a lot uh actually in this uh true crime podcast that I was just telling you about the uh crime junkie podcast. She has more details. I think she got in touch with one of the girls, one of those missing persons' uh sister I think it was. As I was listening, I was I kept getting interrupted with work, <laughs> but um, I think she got in touch With one of them And some She got some kind But I was researching And really It's the same thing Over and over Just from news um, Articles And Fox And All different news Stations And uh, the the Indie channel And things from Indiana But it's It's basically the same thing the, You know The disappearance This has been over a year <clears throat> That both of these women I believe Have Have uh, Have gone missing And nobody Is really talking about it And And these aren't the only two. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of names of people whose family members are frustrated because they're not being. It's like it's like they're just left in the wind. You could say uh, they're missing or whatever. Some happens and the police aren't doing anything. And not to, I'm not uh, just and you know kind of to play devil's advocate. I, I got to say, you know when you think about it. You know, the amount of crimes that happen and the amount of people that are missing compared to the amount of law enforcement that we have it can be overwhelming. And when you know, you just imagine, let's say you have let's say 100 police officers, you know what I mean? Uh, and you know, you have a missing person, okay, then you know, from day one, the first 48 or whatever you want to call it, they go and they do their work, they go in to the crime scene they do the investigation they, they take tips people call hey has anybody seen this okay we need evidence at the same time they're still getting calls for other things they're still getting calls for other crimes that are happening so they've got to be able to walk a straight line a hundred different ways you know um and they're being pulled thin really all over the place but on the family side of the, the person And the, the, the loved ones, the friends It's hard to just sit there And, you know, accept that So that's why you see a lot of people You hear about a lot of people That pay for their own um, their own investigators And all that stuff To go They basically take the law in their, Not take the law in their own hands But they kind of go and, you know Do their own investigations Because a lot of times The police are so overwhelmed that they, they kind of like, okay, this, and I hate to say it like this, but they say, okay, this, we're going to have to put it to the side. It's not as important as this crime. With this crime, we have suspects. We have we already have somebody in custody or we, we know who somebody is. We just got to get this person or, or this thing. We got more evidence for this one. We could solve this one faster than we could solve this one. We're not going to waste manpower and hours trying to solve this. So, you know, that that's that's where you know, that's it there's like a gray area right there. You know, it's like ah you know and and, and it's it's easy to say when you're not the family member and the end of the grief and the, the the frustration, you know, when when you're not at the end of that frustration of Oh my God, where's my sister? Where's my mom? Where's my kid? Well, God forbid, you know, where's you know, anybody. Easy to say that. But um i did find some articles so i found something on angie barlow here and i'm gonna read some of this right here um that what what i found on her and this is from uh truecrimedaily.com i'm sure if you listen to this podcast and you've heard, you've heard you listen to true crime uh you probably know this website or maybe you don't but I'm going to read some on Angie Barlow and see what if there's anything that may ring a bell if somebody who's listening knows anything. So anyway, it's just days before Halloween 2016 for Indianapolis roommates Angie Barlow and Mona Jackson. And after 11 years of friendship, 24-year-old Mona and 23-year-old Angie are more like sisters than friends. I was adopted into their family, not necessarily paperwork, but yeah. And she's also adopted in my family as well. Mona Jackson tells Crime Watch Daily, "Angie was sometimes willful little sister she never had. Angie was just her own person. She was independent. Nobody could tell her what to do." Said Mona. And what Angie wanted to do was become a dancer, which, for the small town girl from M- Muncie, Indiana. Meant extra money to live large in the big city. Once we moved to the city, things opened up for us. So we started going on vacations and spending money like we're not supposed to, said Mona. Which is really like salt and pepper. That's what we are. Angie's mother, Christina Kramer, is supportive of her older daughter's independence and free spirit. She was full of life, full of love, Christina Kramer tells Crime Watch Daily. She loved her family, she loved her friends, she loved her sisters, and she loved her dog, Pablo. And she definitely lived every day like it was her last. But Angie never could have known just how much time she had left when out of the blue, she received a mysterious text message. She was like, sis, hey, read these messages, said Mona. The first message started out, hi, do you do private parties? That's how it started out. Angie, who danced at local clubs in the area, would do private parties on occasion and this text appears to be from a woman wanting to surprise her husband for their anniversary. But there's something odd about the exchange. She never once said her name, said Mona. This is no name attached to the unknown phone number, but that doesn't deter Angie. Although Angie has done private dances before, her best friend Mona gets a full gut feeling that this one is different. It just wasn't adding up. And I told Angie, I said, please do not do his private party because it just doesn't seem right at all. Mona tells Crime Watch Daily. But there's no talking the headstrong Angie out of it. Then fast forward to two weeks from the night of the private party when Angie gets a text from the client. I want our sick panties and bra to match. Anything black and red. Hmm. Angie responds, yes, I have a couple black and red outfits. The text continues, stating the party address and gate code needed to get into the apartment complex. Then Angie does something that she always does before dancing at a private party. She screenshots the party's location and sends it to her roommate Mona. Then just a few hours later, another message from Andy. This time she appears to be inside the private party. There was a Snapchat that she had, and it was about 11.45 on October 26 in the evening. And it said, doing this private party. And we do believe that that Snapchat was taken in the bathroom at the apartment, Said Angie's mother, Christina. In the pic from her Snapchat, there's a big smile on her face. Everything appears to be fine. But by the next day, nothing. Nobody's heard from her. Nobody's seen her. Said Christina I start calling Angie I'm leaving her voicemails Text messages Frantic Angie's mother races to her daughter's apartment It's clear she hasn't been home Hmm She has a Yorkie And she didn't go home And take care of her dog Said Christina That's her baby And he was without food and water And she never left him unattended Then 17 hours After Angie sent that final post on her Snapchat, Mona remembers the screenshot that Angie sent her of the party's address. I was two blocks away from the location, and I went over there as soon as possible, said Angie's friend Mona. But when she she attempts to punch in the gate code, nobody's answering. So I was just stuck from there on out, said Mona, but not for long. That's when Mona... I'm sorry, that's when Mona takes matters into her own hands. Immediately, Mona and Christina head to the police station to file a missing persons report, while still holding out hope she'll show up. Cops get their hands on surveillance video from the apartment complex. When detectives hit play, they can't believe their eyes. The surveillance video from the apartment complex shows Angela Barlow's vehicle, which is a blue Pontiac G6, leaving the complex at about 3.30 in the morning said Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Detective Jose Torres. Detective Torres dissects the video frame by frame, and what he sees next is nothing short of spine-chilling. Directly behind Angela's car is another vehicle. It appears Angie isn't alone. The last time anyone heard from the Indianapolis woman was when she sent a Snapchat from what appeared to be inside the party. Then police uncover a shocking surveillance video showing Angie's car leaving the party, timestamped at 3.29 a.m. It shows the apartment gate open and both cars appearing to leave together. There were They were that close where the gate opened up for both vehicles, said Detective Torres. It wasn't like any space in between them. It was literally one right behind the other. Is it possible Angie isn't missing at all and out with a friend from the party. Maybe she's off somewhere, said Angie's mother, Christina. Maybe she drank too much or whatever, you know, trying to justify anything, you know. Coming up with anything I can do to justify why she's not answering her phone, why she didn't come home. Either way, Angie's family and friends waste no time. They organize a search party and distribute missing persons flyers. We started handing them out all over the city," said Angie's mother, Christina, posting them whenever and wherever we could, posting on social media, just anything we could to try and get the word out. We held on to hope that she's still out there, waiting for us to find her. Meanwhile, investigators focus in on the shadowy figures driving those two cars. With the video, you cannot see who is actually driving either vehicle said Detective Torres, But cops do have a clear shot of the second vehicle's license plate. When they run the registration, it comes back to a Raven Miller. And just who is that? I found out that the people hosting this party was a female named Raven Miller and Baron McCullough, said Detective Torres, Raven and Baron are the super secret clients, but it turns out they were no secret to Angie. Angela knew Raven Miller and Barron through where she worked at, at the club, said Detective Torres, And they weren't so fond of each other. There were issues, said Detective Torres, to the point where Angela could not have done the, this private party if she had known it was Raven and Barron that were throwing it. But remember, the person behind the private party text never gave a name, and the phone number was unknown to Angie. Leaving Detective Torres with one terrifying conclusion which would mean that Raven and Baron didn't act alone somebody answers the door when she knocks on it said Detective Torres. I truly believe she did not know that it was going to be Raven and Baron's apartment and I believe somebody else was there to answer the door when Angela knocked on it but why the couple is brought in for questioning they admit that there was party and that she was there but they also said that they never left the facility they stayed there while angela left and police have nothing to prove otherwise even though they know it's raven's car following angie's vehicle and that surveillance footage the video is too dark and grainy to identify either driver and without any direct evidence trying to put the couple to angie's disappearance they are free to go. Then, 12 days later, police get a big break. Her vehicle, the Pontiac G6, was located, said Detective Torres. Angie Barlow's car is discovered just over 8 miles from the apartment where she was last seen. We were hoping that maybe if we found her car, we find her, said Angie's mother. Sadly, there's no Angie. Just her car. But exactly where the car is found doesn't sit well with her best friend, Mona. I know for sure I had checked that area multiple times and then boom, pops up one day and I'm just like, there's no ways, said Mona Jackson. And there's something else that is strange about Angie's car. It's trashed. It looked like the car had went underneath a wire fence and there were some cracks on the window and headlights, said Christina. Angie always kept the inside of her car really clean and it was a mess. The car is taken in for processing. There's a possibility that there was some leads found in the car. But it isn't enough evidence to find out what happened to the missing woman. I don't want to compromise the investigation because it's still ongoing. So I'm not going to say exactly what was found in the vehicle, said Detective Torres. While investigators hold their cars close to their vest, The race is on to find Angie Barlow. Her parents put up digital billboards all over Indianapolis and post a $5,000 reward. But sadly, seven months pass and there's no sign of Angie Barlow. Then cops suddenly announce an arrest in Muncie, Indiana, Angie's hometown. So... Angie Barlow had been missing for seven months. Then, in a stunning turn of events, her own grandmother becomes a victim of fraud. Coincidence? I believe that there is a connection, said Indianapolis Metro Police Detective Jose Torres. In the months following Angie's disappearance, about $8,000 was mysteriously withdrawn from an account belonging to the missing woman's grandmother, Sharon Barlow. The timing of the crime is of special interest to indianapolis metropolitan police or imp there's a possibility that there's a connection because this investigation of this fraud occurred after angela was missing cops obtain a search warrant in connection to angie's disappearance it leads investigators to a residence in angie's hometown of muncie indiana and it's there where they make a disturbing discovery One individual that was arrested had account information of Angela's grandmother. We don't know how they got the information, Christina Kramer says. Police arrest a woman named Michelle Brown on fraud-related charges, but the woman tells investigators she didn't know Angie's grandmother, but knew her bank's routing number and chose her account number by chance. Cops have their suspicions, and so do I when you say that. The information that was used to commit this fraud was specific information that Angela would have. If true, then how did Michelle Brown get this very specific information from the missing 23-year-old? With an ongoing investigation, we're still working on that as well, said Detective Torres. While serving the search warrant, police arrest three other people at the home on various charges unrelated to Angie Barlow's disappearance. Regardless of Angie, what they've done, or at least one of them has done to my mom, is just, why?' Christina said. And the even bigger question for Angie's parents. Do these four people know anything about their daughter's disappearance?' That's definitely something that goes through your mind. Especially when all you do day in and day out is just wonder where your daughter is, Christina's mother said. I believe there is a connection, but I can't find one yet, said Detective Torres. Also, cops have to consider something else. A possible larger conspiracy. One that involves this fraud case and the couple who threw the party where Angie was last seen. To date, cops have... No evidence linking the people or cases together. Then, four weeks later, police get an anonymous tip saying where Angie Barlow could be located, according to Detective Torres. We just had to wait. Still holding on to the hope that she was out there alive, said Angie's mother. That tip points police in the direction of the backyard of a home that had been vacant for a long time in Indianapolis. That home was just a little more than 10 miles from where Angie went missing. Once we obtained the search warrant, we had cadaver dogs respond. And once they hit a location, then we proceeded to start digging. Methodically, crime scene teams excavated an area in the backyard. Then, there in a shallow grave, they spot the remains of a woman. Angie's mother gets a phone call from an IMPD detective. He said, I think we may have found Angela, and he asked if we could be in the coroner's office at 9 o'clock in the morning to come and identify her, said Christina. The body is badly decomposed, so the coroner shows Angie's parents photos of still visible tattoos. Those are images that you see when you go to bed, and it wakes you up in the middle of the night because that's something no parent should ever have to go through, said Christina and I totally agree with her. Tragically, Angie's parents must confirm their worst fears. That was, in fact, my daughter, and we had to sit in the coroner's office and give the Jane Doe a name. And at that point, the Jane Doe was Angela, said Christina. The coroner's office is not releasing the cause of death to the public due to the ongoing investigation and concerning the residence where the body was found. He had moved in very recently, said Detective Torres. There was no reason for us to think he was a part of the investigation. While police continue to track down every lead, Angie Bartles' parents say their final goodbyes, sparing no expense for their oldest daughter. We looked at it this way. Price wasn't going to be an issue for it. We don't get a chance to pay for that wedding. We don't get grandkids of hers to spoil. We don't get any more Christmases. We don't get any more birthdays. We don't get anything anymore. And that was the absolute last thing that we could do for her, was to make sure that she had everything that she wanted and to make sure it was beautiful. Following Angie's funeral, Detective Jose Torres hasn't forgotten about Raven Miller and Baron Michelo, the couple who hired the 23-year-old to dance for them at that private party where she was last seen alive. It's a strong accusation coming from the detective working on case, but he claims he can back up his statement. If someone else comes forward, someone else who was at that private party that night, I believe that there are other people in this apartment when the incident occurred and know exactly what happened to Angela that evening, said Detective Torres. And my goal here is not just an arrest. My goal is a conviction. Now, detectives are pleading with anyone who knows something about Angela Barlow's death to finally come forward to submit a tip anonymously and contact Crime Stoppers USA at 1-800-222-TIPS. 1-800-222-TIPS. couldn't find anything really uh detailed on Naja Farrell from indiana uh, but it's a similar story uh, i i don't think her story was that she went to do a private party but as far as her going missing and there are like no witnesses or clues or anything uh it's pretty similar also I was reading where it says, uh, where police confirmed that the remains found in Northwestern Indiana Pond belonged to missing Avon mom. Now I'll read you some of this article here. And so you can see that it's, it's similar stories and stories that we've never heard of. And these things should, at the minimum, at least in this world, the Internet be put out, you know, for everyone to hear in a podcast radio tv i mean there's no reason why you can't have a missing persons alert you know go out and at least any information that you think would be relevant you know don't you don't have to put every single thing out because i understand the ongoing investigation but something that would be relevant for people to see so this is what we got from fox 59 this is the close thing and i'm sorry i'm reading out of a big budget uh you know news news uh station I, re- I rarely do that i try to find articles and things when i research from more <laughs> i want to say down to earth uh, s- sources because these big news medias they lie a lot and i don't trust them but the avon police department confirms the human foot found in a crown point pond did indeed belong to missing mother Naja Farrell. The FBI will not be examining the remains for any further clues. The remains were found in early April by a man who caught it while fishing. While police used a tattoo on the foot to preliminary identify it as ferrells, they were awaiting DNA testing before officially confirming that it belonged to her. Either way, they found a foot. That's pretty crazy on its own. It doesn't matter who it belongs to. There's a foot in a pond where I'm fishing. It's big news. Police say DNA analysis by the Indiana State Police lab has now confirmed what they initially gathered. Farrell who's 30, close to the uh, Angie's age. I believe she was around a little bit, maybe a little bit younger. Farrell, who was 30, was last seen March 15 at her apartment in Avon. Officials have found her car and various items that belonged to Farrell, but still don't know what happened to the mother of five. It's a very disturbing case. Of this magnitude a mother-of-five just simply vanishes it doesn't just happen on its own somebody has some involvement Avon police deputy chief of Investigation, Brian Nugent says as the investigators move forward they recognize that foul play is involved in this investigation they're trying to figure out what led up to the moment of her death and are trying to piece the case together police say confirmation of DNA doesn't change the case they're still calling nature's disappearance a death investigation until they have more details there are other examinations and tests that can be complicated i'm sorry completed to answer more information to have a better understanding of what the evidence can tell our investigators deputy chief of investigations brian nugent said police says that avon community has the right to be on edge as a result of this case of course they can we certainly agree that there is concern about what took place does that make one area more unsafe in our community than another? I don't believe so, Deputy Chief Investigator said. They plan to do everything in their power to find out what happened. The investigation on her disappearance is still ongoing. Anyone with information that may be relevant to Farrell's disappearance is asked to call Crime Stoppers. Again, this was at 317 262 TIPS. That's 317 262 8477 so you have two stories of two women that go missing and this is the first i hear of it i honestly i follow you guys know i mean this is a, <laughs> this is a uh, conspiracy fears and mysteries basically you know aside from cryptids and conspiracies and s- scary things i do a lot of true crime and if you go down the list of my podcast you'll see a lot of true crime i do i've done a lot of most of the crimes I've done have been ones that have been solved already and past crimes just uh, because, like I said, everybody has different reasons for why they may do uh, a true crime podcast or a true crime YouTube channel or put out information like this. Some people do it uh, just for the, I don't know, the the scariness of it, the, the, the fear of it. Um, some people, whatever their reasons are, my reason, I'm going to tell you my reason. My reason is... I want to get closer to the... I, I want to see what the common denominator is in these crimes. They ha- there's something... There's a common denominator. And I know it's easy to say, yeah, they're crazy. But inside of that craziness, like, what leads to it? Is there something that we have not caught throughout the life? Something... I know it has to do with mental health. And I just... I see you know a lot of the crimes that I do, and you'll hear me see this a lot if you go back to the uh, the genesis of the person, meaning the beginning of the person then uh, who have who has committed the crime, you will see similar uh, a lot of similarities in their uh, you know, growing up, even in the cases, in their childhood, you was, even in the cases where you know you had um, maybe a serial killer like the infamous Ted Bundy that was raised in a quote unquote nice family, good family. It only took from what just from seeing the past, just from seeing the from knowing what I know about his past and what everybody else knows. It only took one trigger, and I think you know that one trigger, the thing with his mother being his uh, being told that it's his sister and things like that, and his you know and then it all depends on the person's personality how they're going to take that how they're going to interpret how they deal with that now obviously that would that may have been something so big for him but he never showed that emotion because he held it internally and that manifested into something else and i'm not going to keep talking about ted bundy but you get where i'm coming from it's always something that sparks a situation a lot of times of course You know, uh, they're drug-fueled. I think with Angie Barlow, um, there was drugs and alcohol involved in the reasoning behind her situation. Why whatever happened to her happened. There was already a hate there. But that hate for her, because she had problems with those people, with those two individuals, that hate for them was fueled on their side. By, I promise you alcohol and drugs. I am almost I didn't read anything about them. there's nothing saying that they're alcoholics or drug addicts but I can almost bet money that if we do look into their history, their past or their 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 uh, just their surrounding hang around with if we just look into these people there's alcohol and drugs and possible drugs. Mixed in that there's also probably abuse, there's some sexual abuse or something that made these people lash out. There's some kind of abuse that made them turn into who they are now. They had a hate for her, um they didn't get along for whatever reason. um I'm not saying that Angie, rest in peace, may have not maybe done something to upset them, but whatever, for whatever reason, even if even if she did something to upset them, to the to upset them to the point where they make this plan they concoct this plan to lure her into a party a situation where they have complete control of her and then boom this happens and again there's no evidence that they did it there's, you know there's no evidence but damn we have you know surveillance video you know and i know you can't judge a book by its cover but damn this cover practically has a couple chapters in it and you can read i mean this is like okay you mean to tell me you don't know anything about it but a car and your car come out you know and, and you, you didn't see anything you know what i mean somebody just took your car and you and then you got your car back you know what i mean like Even if you didn't drive the car, something somebody knows. It's just not saying because it was foul. There was definitely foul play. They found her remains, unfortunately. Which did that didn't have to happen. I can't believe you know. I I watch this every day. I watch true crime. Every day I listen to some true crime, either on YouTube, I listen to past true crimes. It just never changes. There's. you know how everything in life adapts. Everything in life, we we like move on. You know, we go from, uh, you know, uh, we go from, uh, you know, the telegraph machine to the to the to the cell phone, because we've we've uh, evolved. Well, murder has never evolved. Murder has been the same thing. Foul play has been the same exact thing for as, as far back from before jack the Ripper, it's been the same thing you listen to it and the scenarios are almost the same the only thing missing the only thing different is the clothing is the style of clothes they wear is the same thing mentally the mentality the psyche behind it the aura behind the whole foul play murder just is the same it just never changes that's that is that's crazy That's something that is never going to change You know what I mean You can't change that The only way I think to bring society to a point where We won't kill each other Because the animals don't do this Animals will not do this to each other You won't find this in the animal kingdom You're not going to find a a zebra Trying to figure out who killed The other, you know The gazelle that he was walking with Or something You know what I mean You're not going to Oh, it's, it's unconfirmed No, we know it was a lion we know it was a tiger Or we know it was a cheetah You know what I mean We know it was one of the big cats Or a hyena We know it was one of that You know what I mean We know, Because in this area This is where the hyenas live In this area This is where the, the lions live We passed by here We weren't fast enough He caught me That's it We know So Animals They don't do things we do You take away And this is harsh to say Some of you are gonna Fall in your seats And probably not listen to me But if you take away The human Uh, free will if you must, that free, that freedom to do whatever the hell we want to do then crime and murder is going to stop think about it the only reason we do is because we have the power of choice, we have the power of of free will, we have we can think on our own, we can say yes or no to this, we can we don't follow any pecking order we do whatever the hell, we're we're all one percenters (laughs) You know, we're all we're all outlaws in a way. Yes, we have laws. But we break them more than we follow them. Even minor. No jaywalking. Guess what? We still do. So, we still park in a handicapped spot sometimes when we're in a hurry. Oh, man, I got to hurt you. I'm just going in and out real quick. You know? We you take away that free will. We won't do this anymore take away if, if you have a good movie to watch a good movie that shows you what uh <laughs> and it, it's bad it's bad but a good movie to watch just to give you a sneak preview of what it would look like is um uh what was that movie with um the guy who played batman last not 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 ben affleck oh oh yeah um equilibrium equilibrium and equilibrium you see they were taking that drug that took away their feelings their emotions their and it's sad because it took away their love also it took away sadness it took away anger they were just emotionless humans walking around it didn't matter if somebody died it didn't matter if somebody if somebody was born no happiness no sadness but everybody but there was no murder then the murder rate was like zero the people that were doing murders was the government. <laughs> so, watch the movie. But, yeah. That's, it's it's sad. And, and you know, uh, I'm going to start doing more of these disappearances. I'm going to start looking up people that are disappeared. You know, because even with this, with a podcast. Or uh, YouTube video. And YouTubers that do a true crime and all that stuff. It's good. I think it's good. Not just for entertainment. But because you can be, you can do an episode where. It only takes one person to be like, what? What are you saying? Oh, my God, I know that person. Wait a minute. I remember that. I was I was living in that apartment in that year. You know, I was living in the apartment next door. I was living the apartment down the street. I remember, or you know, I used to work with the guy who lived next door. And I remember him saying this, this, you know, it could be anything. So we got to look out for each other, people. We got to look out for each other. But anyway don't forget to like subscribe guys you know how it goes follow me on social media and you can catch me on anchor fm and uh google podcast and apple Podcasts, and spotify and all the other cast 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 and of course you can uh follow me on social media at mystery crime cigar look for mystery crime cigar um I don't know which one is uh, <laughs> again with the social media, man. With the social media, it's like I don't know. I'm, I'm well with at least with the Instagram, but in the Instagram, look for mystery crime cigar. That's my Instagram page. Follow me on Instagram. It's a new page. It's a new one. I got some pictures of me on there, and some pictures of. Matter of fact, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a little quick video of me talking right now so that you can see I'm recording a podcast and that's gonna be on the episode I'm taking this and I'm putting that on Instagram I put a little snippet of me talking anyway, go follow me man follow me, I don't I do not do the Twitter so don't expect no Twitter, right again, don't forget to like, subscribe follow me on social media, man, I will see you on the next smoke